Growing up in and around the church, it was easy for me to think of Christianity as a means of just being a good person. There were nice sayings about loving your neighbor as yourself, do unto others as you would want them to do to you, uh, the importance of laying your life down for your friends. All of these things are true. But life in Christ is so much more than just being a good person. What took me some time to realize is that God's word was not given to us in order to make bad people good, but rather to make dead people alive. The more I tried to follow Jesus, I realized he was not just asking me to be a good guy, but wanted to bring me to the fullness of life, to give me water, to cure this insatiable thirst that I was experiencing. I realized that this was an impossible task for me to simply stop living in sin. Uh, What Jesus was calling me to was and is impossible. It's easy to approach evangelism and mission with a similar mindset. Uh, What we end up offering people is help to make them good. It's easy just to start talking about discipleship as things you need to be trying harder to achieve in your life. But that's not what this podcast is actually about. That's not what the Christian life is built on. What will bring dead people to life on our campuses and in our world is just one thing. Jesus Christ, the Word of God. On this episode, Brendan Murray will bring God's Word to us. It's a word about God's greater power that He has to break into the very real needs of our lives. The areas that we are utterly and totally helpless growing in and in achieving. Areas that I hope we find first in our lives and then help others around us to do the same. The plan is to start featuring some powerful sermons delivered over the past few years that have helped inspire people to respond to God's call in their lives, along with conversations with people about being disciples and missionaries of Jesus Christ. I'm excited to dig into God's Word with you all. This is Rise and Live, a podcast about transforming campuses to transform the world. to share tonight. Um, There's been a scripture verse that's been rattling around in my head for the last week, Um, and and it's it's an amazing verse. It's Romans 8.2. We're going to put it on the screen here. Uh, It says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, I, I have children, and if you guys ever have kids... Um, what you'll find out is that at a certain age, they will start to ask you questions. And, and I mean lots of questions. Like the word why becomes a very common word in your household at a certain point. And it's often wonderful. Um, uh, but one of those questions that, that my boys in particular were asking me recently, we had just gotten them a globe uh, to put in their room. They love maps and they love just like the oceans and, and the terrain and geography and where countries are. And my boys asked me this question, like both of them, is eight-year-old and a six-year-old, and they were like, Dad, why don't people at the bottom of the globe just fall off? Like, how do they stay? I was like, that's a great question. I was like, the, uh, people actually used to think that the earth was flat, and some people still do. Uh, 
they're wrong. No offense to you flat earthers out there, but uh, but let me let me try to explain this to you. I said, give me a couple minutes, and then uh, I'll, I'll come explain this. I ran upstairs, Wikipedia, um, and, uh, and I came back downstairs, and I said, there in the in the 1600s, there was this guy named Sir Isaac Newton. He was a knight, but don't think knight in shining armor. Uh, he was very, very smart, one of the smartest people to ever live, and, and what, he was a mathematician, and he was a scientist, and one of the things that he figured out is that mass objects are drawn to one another, and the closer that mass objects get to one another, the more powerful that force is, and, and the planet Earth is a pretty large object. That's a, a very large mass object, uh, and, and so there's this force that because we are pretty close to the planet Earth, that we are drawn to the planet Earth. And that force is called? Gravity. Gravity. I think that was the University of Maryland students helping us out there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a proud Spartan. Proud Spartan. We, we know what we're talking about. Uh, so uh, that law is called gravity. Now, when Paul talks about the law of sin and death, What he's talking about in this verse is not so much like a law like we would think of a civil law. Like, don't break the speed limit. What he's saying that is it's more like a natural law, more like the law of gravity. That that when we're born onto earth, there is a, a power, a pull, a draw towards sin and death. And we've all experienced that. That as we've come onto earth, we've all experienced being pulled into things that do not lead to life, but that lead to death. That's the power of sin working on us. And that power of sin is present here on planet earth. And we know that we've heard this gospel this weekend due to the fall of Adam and Eve. That sin entered the world, and sin now has a power in the world, and each one of us have experienced that power. I saw an inspirational quote recently. I don't know if it was on a billboard or if it was on Facebook. It was probably one of those people on Facebook that, like, every day post a new inspirational quote. Like, they get one like each, usually from, like, their mom. And, uh, and so I saw that an inspirational quote, and it said this. It said, if you find yourself in a story you don't like, you can always change your story. And I was thinking about that. I think, though, the problem is that many of us find ourselves in a story that we don't like, but we don't feel like we actually have power to change our story. I mean, Paul will even talk about this in Romans right before this in chapter 7. He says, uh, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. He say, for in my inner being, something deep inside me, I I delight in God's law, that being God's good law, the way that we're supposed to live, God's plan for us. Deep in my inner being, I delight in that, like I want to do good, but I see another law at work in me, waging war. And that law is the law of sin and death. And we have all been affected by this. I mean, the law of sin and death is the reason why when you're feeling lonely, You keep going to that dark place. You keep pulling up that website. Or or you keep going to that place where of insecurity 
where you're looking for approval from people that you should not look for approval from, and you can't seem to find your approval from God. It's what Travis was talking about Friday night, that place where you keep on digging those wells over and over and over again that just do not satisfy. And somewhere deep inside of you, you know that they're not going to satisfy, and you know they're not satisfying, but there seems to be a power that's at work in you that is beyond the power that you can even control. You're just pulled to that over and over again despite wanting to be free of it. This is the power of sin and death at work. But the message that we're preaching this weekend and the message that I came to to bring tonight is that 2,000 years ago, another mass object came into our atmosphere. And that mass object is nothing other than the cross of Jesus Christ. And that cross of Jesus Christ, the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, is infinitely greater than the power of sin and death. In fact, the power of the cross of Christ pulled all of our sin onto itself. It pulled all of that sin onto Jesus Christ, who was innocent of everything. Jesus never did what we did. Jesus never submitted to the power of sin and death. He never went to those dark places. He was tempted in every way like us, but he never sinned. He lived a perfectly innocent life. And when he hung there, naked, tortured, bleeding on that cross, all of our sins went onto that cross. And this is true today, that if you call on the name of Jesus Christ and you repent of your sins, those sins are pulled right back onto that cross and they're dead and never to remember it again. And this is amazing news, because some of us live still in the shame of of past sins, and we think, man... no matter how many times we hear this, it's still powerful to hear this, we, we think, no way, if God really knew what went on back in that couple years ago, if God really knew what happened over summer break, if God knew what happened in the dorm room in October, like, there's no way. Like, if people really saw the real me, I would not be welcome in a place like this. And, and friends, Jesus came when you were at your worst. When you were looking at those websites, Jesus died for you. When you had fallen into that broken pattern again and again and again, Jesus died for you. When you were getting drunk on the weekends and doing behaviors that you regret right now, Jesus died for you. It was when you were at your worst that he came for you. And what it says in scripture is that when you put your faith in him and you confess your sins and you repent and you change, as we were talking about today, that that God wipes those sins away never to be remembered again. And so we're standing here not as a bunch of people who got it all together. We're standing here as a bunch of people who were lost and broken, but we knew our need for a Savior. And so we repented those sins, and then Jesus died for us. We accepted his free grace, and now we stand forgiven. Our sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. But that's not all. When Jesus died, he was in the ground three days, he was, he was buried. On the third day, he rose again. And Paul says later in this chapter that he rose by the power of the Holy Spirit, the theme of this retreat. And Paul will say that that same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us. 
Now this, this is incredible. What that means is, if you come to the place tonight, and if you have confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you yield and say, I'm sick of living my own way, I'm sick of digging my own wells, I'm going to start drinking from the living water that Jesus is offering me. If you confess that Jesus is Lord, you're only, if you're already at that place where you're confessing it, then that power is already, that power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is already working in you. And this power of the Holy Spirit counteracts this power of sin and death. It's the, the law or the power of the spirit of life that set you free. What it means is that we no longer... The dominant gravitational pull in our lives is no longer towards that life of sin that we still feel that we're trapped in. The dominant gravitational pull in our lives is a life lived in the Holy Spirit. It's a new power. And so I no longer have to keep going back to those broken places. What the power of the Holy Spirit will start to do in us is will allow us to choose for the good and actually get it. It, it frees us, as Eric was saying. There's a new power, and we're being drawn no longer to sin and death, but we're being drawn to the Spirit of God, to holiness and righteousness and goodness. And if you're in a place where you're just confessing Jesus is Lord, that power is already in you. And tonight what we're praying for is that God would fan it into flame. That's why we call this fan into flame. Fan into flame the Holy Spirit that is in you. And when people lay, on, lay hands on you tonight, we're praying that that power of the Holy Spirit is stirred up in you in such a way that it is absolutely life-changing. Friends, tonight, some of you might experience the love of God for the first time. Oh, you might understand intellectually that God loves you. But tonight, you might actually experience, this is what the Holy Spirit does, allows us to experience that God loves us. And that might get emotional for some of you. It did for me when that first happened to me, bawling. But it might not even be that all emotional, but it might just be real and just say, Man, I walked in here, and I knew intellectually God loved me, but now I've actually, through the laying on of hands, through this prayer, I've actually experienced that God loves me. For some of you, I've seen this happen every single year, you might come into this worship environment and all of a sudden, what Friday night was when you were worshiping was like, okay, I'll kind of sing along and just to kind of maybe throw a hand up, but there'll be just an absolute new freedom in worship where you just don't care what the person to your right or to your left thinks of you. You don't care what the person four rows back thinks of you. You're just going to come in here and that spirit has been so fanned into flame in you that you just don't care. All you care about is the worship of God. And so you could, you're just free in worship. You're just absolutely free to worship God. When the Holy Spirit comes, we talked about spiritual gifts today. Some of you guys, the last thing you would have thought is that you would be speaking in tongues on this weekend. You just heard what tongues was. Like there was just no, I, no way you would have thought you'd be speaking in tongues, and yet you are going to be speaking in tongues tonight. 
And you're going to just find such a beauty in this language of the Spirit that allows you to communicate with God without even human words because you just want to express that praise to God from your heart. Some of you will have gifts of prophecy tonight. Whereas we're worshiping back here, you're going to get a sense like, oh my gosh, I think I am supposed to share this scripture. I'm supposed to say this. And you'll come up to the front and, and just share that and it will help someone else in this room. I believe that someone's going to get a gift of healing tonight. I mean, we read about that in the book of Acts. People got healed all the time. People had gifts of healing. I believe someone might have something that is physically wrong with them right now, and someone else is going to get a gift of healing, and they're going to pray over that person, and they're going to be healed. You're like, I doubt it. I don't. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Why wouldn't it give evidence to his power tonight? What do we have to do? All we have to do is say, yes, Lord. All we have to do is yield to his Holy Spirit. All we have to do is repent of our sins, truly repent and want to change. And say, yes, Lord, I'm inviting you into my life. I'm trusting you. I've come to an end of myself and I'm yielding to you. If you have that posture tonight, you can trust the God of the universe to come into your heart and change your life. And I believe that for at least one person, that next year at this time, you will get up on this stage and say, February 1st, 2020, was the night I gave my life to Jesus Christ. That Saturday night was the time I finally said yes to Jesus Christ. And over the course of that year, I've been walking by the Spirit of God. Not perfect, but making progress by the Spirit. And I am a new person one year later. And you're going to give that testimony a year from now. Friends, why wouldn't we trust the one who died for us? He loves us. He loves us. And he's got good plans for our lives that say yes to his Holy Spirit. And we can start saying yes right now as we turn into worship. This sermon was preached at a Fan of Flame retreat just about a year ago. Uh, Right now, many of our UCO chapters have either had or are having those very same retreats. These are retreats where we recognize our total and utter need for God to move in power in our lives to do the impossible, to free us from sin and death, to make us alive in Christ, to pour out the Holy Spirit in the lives of Jesus' followers. When we see this happen, signs and wonders occur just as at Pentecost and throughout the history of the church. Brendan, in his sermon, mentioned tongues, uh, prophecy, healing. If these are new ideas to you or things you haven't ever considered or heard about, I recommend that you find a Bible and read through the beginning of Acts. Read through 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14 and see what they have to say about these very same occurrences. If as you are listening to this sermon and want this greater power of God in your life, ask for it. Ask for it right now. After this podcast is over, find someone in your life who is a Christian and ask to pray with them to turn away from the impossible sin in your life to overcome and dedicate your life to Jesus and be filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. 
Second Timothy says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God wants this for you through the power of His Spirit. Reach out to us on Instagram at Rise and Live Podcast or send us an email at riseandlivepod at gmail.com. Give the podcast a rating on iTunes or on your podcasting app. It helps others find us more easily. We've got some other excellent sermons coming your way along with more discussions about discipleship. I'm your host, Will Cannon. This has been Rise and Live.